Hi, my name is Dr. Christie, and you are listening to In Between Visits. We are a team of healthcare professionals who want to see you thrive. The intention of this podcast is to support you between your visits through interviews, inspirational stories, candid conversations, and impactful information. We will motivate you on your journey, affirm your challenges, and reassure you you are not alone. We want to answer your questions and bring some joy to your day. Let's get started. Michelle, so great to be chatting with you again today. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while, so it's nice to be back. Yeah, I know, eh? Life. Life is like kind of what we're going to talk about today is, is really trying to kind of navigate everything that's been going on in the world. And I mean, you and I aren't immune to any of this, hey? Yeah, I know. So, so much going on. We're just like everybody else. <laughs> from rising inflation costs to a war to the pandemic drawing on like it it just does not end I I know and we had that like tornado here in Ottawa as well and I know you and I chatted a little bit about that um you know offline uh, during some of our other calls and it was like yeah that one really slammed my nervous system I just it's just really telling to me how little resilience we have. And I don't mean that around behavior. And I don't mean that around coping. I just, I just see it in the body in the nervous system and how it takes very little to evoke pretty significant reactivity in the system. Are you seeing that in your patients? Oh, absolutely. Our cups are full and it just takes a tiny, tiny little drop more and it just all spills over. It's uh, yeah. Our tolerance is lower for any kind of stressors. I unfortunately had a few patients from Uxbridge that uh, their their land was uh, devastated and it was just so, so hard to hear those stories. I can't imagine going in that position after this whole pandemic and everything and then um like having significant damage to your house I just can't imagine I know I know and I and the and the thing that I'm really seeing as well I mean certainly in a scenario like that where the impacts are going to be frontline for quite some time even in other scenarios where we're not necessarily seeing long-term impact the body is still in this heightened reactivity I really noticed that in my system where it took a good week week and a half before I regulated and even though the threat was long gone there was still this heightened reactivity in my system which is tiring it's really tiring yeah especially when it affects sleep and it can cause irritability and you take it out on your family like totally Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's what we wanted to chat about today. One of the things that has become really clear in practice is this everyday standard non-specific. So we'll talk a little bit what what that means, but non-specific symptom of fatigue. So I actually have been consciously trying to use a different word because it's become sort of a catch catch all for me. It's and even my daughter, you know, it's like everything mom's tired i'm tired i'm so exhausted i'm i'm tired and it's just this constant recognition and i'm not i'm not here to say that that's not happening to myself or to other people but i think we want to start to understand a little bit more and it's just so we can feel more empowered in this generalized aspect of fatigue and so today you know given that we have this amazing team today this is actually going to be a two part series um for for our whole team. So Dr. Rochelle, I'm so happy that you're the 
definitely expert on, you know, biochemistry and all the bioidentical markers and your tests don't guess and really to break down what physical fatigue can look like and how to support that in the body. And then we are also in the second part of this going to be connecting in with one of the uh, psychotherapists who's going to talk about mental emotional fatigue. And it doesn't mean that these things aren't still existing, but I think when we can have more of a understanding, that's where we can get our empowerment. And we can also use the correct language for ourselves. And then we can also communicate that in a way that maybe our needs are met. So if I'm physically fatigued, I might need to go lie down and I might need to tell tell to my husband, I need it like a 20 minute, you know, reset. If I'm mentally, emotionally fatigued, that might look a little bit more like, hey, like I can't think about what's for dinner tonight. (laughs) You need to figure that one out. So, you know, understanding this helps us to, I think, really navigate this time, um, you know, when, when generalized fatigue is so prevalent. Are you seeing this too? Oh, for sure. And I I think um, it's really important to differentiate that it's not black and white, whether it's like biomarkers and your iron is low and your your hypothyroid, you can have you can have both like pandemic fatigue um, from from chronic stress, plus you can have yeah, abnormal blood work. Like it, 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 it's kind of a combination. That's what I love about working with you, Dr. Christie, and your your whole team is that we integrate psychotherapists with naturopaths to work on lifestyle, diet, nutrition, micronutrients when needed, and then we also have the mental emotional support with our psychotherapist team. So it's really the perfect model, um, rather than mm-hmm. alternative. It's integrative. So absolutely. Yeah. And I thank you for that clarification. That actually really helped me because you're absolutely right. It's like we started this with the concept and the, the thought around threshold. So if you're managing uh, you know, an overload of cortisol along with a B12 deficiency, along with suboptimal thyroid functioning, and you're also feeling the weight of the pandemic stressors and decision fatigue, it's like, I feel like there's opportunities to turn down the volume of all of them or support all of them. And then the overarching impact will be less. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really, it's a full investigative workup to find out the cause and then you just treat accordingly. Um, it could be even, even, um, people undiagnosed sleep apnea can be mm-hmm. a or perimenopause and menopause, chronic inflammation. Like we see all of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's really, so that's what naturopaths do. We identify the cause and provide treatment and support rather than, oh, you're tired all the time and you're not sleeping. Here's some melatonin. Like mm-hmm. you and I, you and I don't operate that way. Mm-hmm. We like to really get down to the cause. And, um, if it's stress at work, then the psycho therapists are awesome. They, they can help manage some of those stress management techniques mm-hmm. and um, sleep support and help help uh, help get people falling asleep quicker there. So it's mm-hmm. very, yeah, I it's just, I'm, I'm very blessed to be working with such a team. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this approach, you know, can also be somewhat overwhelming for people, right? It's like, as we're talking, it's like, yeah, yeah, but I'm just tired. Make me feel better. If you're, if you're out there in the audience and you're sort of kind of figuring out where you fit in. And so what would be the approach? I mean, I would say pretty much 
batting, you know, 100%, one for one every day, I'm seeing fatigue. Uh, and so when someone comes in and says, I'm just so tired, like, what would your approach be? And how could someone sort of begin to navigate this, even if they don't have the resources uh, for naturopathic medicine? Yeah, yeah. So um, when when people see, I'm, I, we, we do a, an intake very similarly. So mm -hmm. we do a full lifestyle analysis from stress to sleep to nutrition, to all those components. Um, I know I, I personally for a lot of patients will do a full panel to see mm -hmm. if there's any identifiable things to work on, which is different than what we do with the MD, we look for optimal health and not what's so out of range that it could point to disease right mm -hmm. so so um and if there's a huge uh, mental emotional stress component then um we, we bring in the psychotherapist as well so um that's yeah it's just a, a full uh, a full interview questioning every aspect of the individual's life uh and, and we go from there try to and, and you know what a lot of people are intuitive and they don't know it they know what the major stressors mm -hmm. they feel the problem and what it is so like trust mm -hmm. your intuition as well um mm -hmm. and we, we can help direct people in that mm -hmm. way and i would say if you know you're you are having that like recognizing that you are fatigued is or that is your primary symptom or it's like really zapping your quality of life you know your first thought when you open your eyes is when can I go back to bed is to really identify through the day when you're feeling fatigue. Is it a low grade fatigue all day long? Is it um, ups and downs through the day? And do you have peaks or valleys? And I think that that's really helpful for yourself um, because I think like, like you mentioned, lifestyle factors can be such an important marker. And so, you know, if you're feeling really low energy in the morning and then you have you know, a bagel and cream cheese without really supporting, uh, you know, blood sugar regulation, there's no protein, there's not a lot of fat, um, you might get a spike in energy, but you might find you're dropping right after. So, 100%. you know, obviously, we're here to support you. But you know, you can also do some of this stuff on your own. And it's, it's really, it really is that we do what we do till we just can't do it anymore. So I think all of us know that a chocolate chip muffin and a latte, you know, or an ice cap for breakfast isn't, isn't the wisest choice. And this isn't us shooting you in it, but it is kind of taking a step back and saying, well, what's the cost? Like, am I then crashing every day? And is that something that I can empower myself to stabilize my blood sugar sort of out of the gates in the morning? So I'm a big fan of a very high protein, very high fat breakfast, because that is going to turn down the insulin and the cortisol and help to keep our, our sort of energy or our fuel in a reasonable place right from the beginning of the day. You know, it's really interesting. You can do um, a little, a little trick on yourself or, or a, a little experiment where you have like two pieces of toast with jam mm -hmm. uh, every day for three days. And then uh, people might find, oh, they're hungry again at 10 or 11 and they're mm -hmm. feeling sluggish. But then if you add two eggs to that or um, a vegan based protein, mm -hmm. uh, often we're adding more calories, uh, mm -hmm. but they're they're they can go way longer and have more energy through mm -hmm. the day just by, uh, yeah, adding, adding some protein and some healthy fat there. It's mm -hmm. really, it's really profound. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, when we are just feeling so unwell and we're looking for something to feel better 
often we, we look too big, right? It's like, I'm going to yeah. change this. I'm going to change that. I'm going to, I've done this throughout the pandemic. Oh, I'm going to start meditating every day. And I'm going to do yoga every day. And I'm going to, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to eat green smoothies every day. And it's like, fantastic. Yeah. But you're already overwhelmed. Like yeah. my yeah. favorite mantra, if anyone who has seen me knows, has heard me say, you don't tell an exhausted, overwhelmed person to do more. It's about taking what you're already doing. You got to eat breakfast and potentially shifting it. And I love what you said. You didn't say no bread. You said, add some eggs to that, add some vegan protein powder to that. So even if you kept your baselines exactly the same with your foods and you just were mindful of, I'm going to add some nut butter to this, I'm going to add an egg to this and recognizing that that stress in your system, albeit still have, you know, maybe a, a micromanaging boss and a child at home who's not feeling well and some, you know, concerns about your financial situations, whatever these things are, those aren't going away. But the reality is, is your reaction to those things will shift because your physiology is no longer along for the ride of the highs and the lows. And that's by adding eggs to breakfast. <laughs> like I feel like it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I, I'm finding that can have a big impact that's underestimated is water profile, totally, right? Like, totally, totally. That can affect energy, uh, digestive health, um, it, skin quality, like everything, just water. That's it. Totally. Um, so it's just so funny. These, these small little changes can have such a big impact. Mm -hmm. I know it's not magic. It's not as profound as that, but I, mm -hmm. I have seen huge shifts in people's energy, mm -hmm. just adding more water in general. Yeah. A lot of people just have one or two cups or they just have coffee all day. Mm -hmm. I see that all the time. So, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, recognizing that these subjective things that when, when we're chatting, when you're listening today, or if, you know, on our, our visits with you, there is that sort of, how are things going? What choices are you making? How are you feeling? you know, yes, of course, we want to get to the objective markers. We want to see, well, is inflammation um, a concern or, you know, some of these energy zappers in your body or deficiencies in your body contributing, you know, are you, do you have an extra bag of rocks on your back every day as you move through the day because you're B12 or iron deficient, or maybe your thyroid is suboptimal functioning. So you know, for us, we love putting those pieces together. Um, the reality is, is that it all counts. And so the, the, the lifestyle factors that you're doing every day can influence uh, absolutely this physical fatigue in your body. So protein, water. One of the things um, that I have been finding really helpful with patients is adding a little bit of like Himalayan salt to water. Uh, so often yeah. with stress, so we think about stress. So think about, you know, fight, flight, freeze. And we learn that about, you know, being in the wilds and, you know, the, the, the tiger, what is it? The, the, the tiger the jumps out. Tiger, Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Jumps out <laughs> and you're going to fight, fight or freeze. Well, all of that requires energy in the body. It all requires energy output. And one thing that can often happen is we can become electrolyte imbalanced. Mm -hmm. And so adding those sea salt or adding those sea salts and, and can really impact the way that our electrolytes are functioning. And even though, as I said, you're sitting trying to finish a report for business or for your work, your body is still having that same experience as if it's running from a bear or fighting a bear. 
Yeah. And it mm -hmm. happens every day on repeat. Hence, <laughs> people are fatigued, right? It's the fatigue. But yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, salt, salt can support the adrenals. And I think that salt has a bad name for itself mm -hmm. because people associate it with hypertension. But mm -hmm. I mean, if you're normotensive, if you do not have, like, there's nothing wrong with salt, have the mm -hmm. salt. <laughs> In fact, okay. I, I think you and I both shared um, in a previous interview together that um, after we had our daughters, we went from sugar cravings to salt yes. cravings and like yes. have getting through the day with, with, you know, without some popcorn or some chips or some sort of a high sodium food has totally. really been become, become part of, of, um, again, there's a pleasure component by all means, but there's also looking at that. And I have noticed when I salt my foods more, I add those salts to my water. I'm no longer looking for the chips at the end of the night. Um, if I am hydrated and my blood sugar is balanced. So, you know, again, when we're looking at the return on investment with these things, sleep quality is going to be really impacted when we're eating late at night. And that's something that a lot of us are doing. We're kind of, we're so tired. I don't know if you've done this, Rochelle, but I definitely have where I'm so tired and I find myself eating to stay up. It's like, go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it, it's so funny that you said that about eating late at night and poor sleep. I see this with my five-year-old daughter. If I, if yeah. I feed her at like eight, she is on <laughs> full throttle until like she will not sleep and uh we're no different we're no yeah. different right yeah. so it's just <laughs> a little bit more pronounced in a five-year-old yeah. absolutely <laughs> and it's like if you are hungry at night and you are you know what didn't you do through the day again no shame in that but you know was there not enough nutrients at the through the day and now the you know the potentially the system's coming down we're starting to move out of this high fight flight freeze and our body is like now looking for more food because when we're in fight flight freeze through the day or at any time we're not hungry the body's busy thinking about running from a bear fighting a bear it's not hungry so we're not getting those same signals so you know kind of cueing ourselves to eat, even if we're not necessarily feeling the hunger yet, or um, at the level we would have thought we would, will really help us at night. And if we are hungry at night, have, have a banana, have a tablespoon of nut butter, have something that's going to offer you some nutritional density and support your sleep cycle, um, not you know a big bowl of ice cream, which is gonna be disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And sure. yeah. And so I think, you know, really looking at this, I mean, the intent here as always is not to how to you guys. I mean, this isn't about, you know, really looking at this and telling you more you need to do. It's about this message that, you know, I think you and I continue to come back to, Hey, Dr. Rochelle, like this sort of simple aspects of what can we be doing to support the body's fatigue and support the impact of this constant hypervigilant sort of heightened reactivity that we're all in. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it, it's simple, like drink more water, protein with your foods, um, getting outside is so, yes. so big. Uh, low vitamin D can have a huge impact on food and fatigue. There's a vitamin D receptor on every single cell in the body. It's like profound how, like it's actually a sex hormone vitamin D. It has a cholesterol backbone. Um, and people really underestimate how important vitamin D is. And we only get the UV that we need, like what, nine, nine months of the year. It's yeah. like not high enough. We get it for yeah. three months of the year. So, um, get it while you can without burning. This isn't like me telling you <laughs> to go in from 12 to two and just sit out there and fry. Like this is within reason, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but 10 uh, to 15, I think I remember you'll correct me if I'm wrong because you're more current than I am but 10 to 15 minutes of um, unprotected skin can get yeah. 10,000 IUs of vitamin D is that still the number is that it still is, the, it is. Yeah. It's pretty similar the only problem is with um, obviously pigmentation of skin but aging uh, you get that conversion the conversion uh, from the UV to actual vitamin D is lessened with elderly people so as we oh. get older we're less efficient at it and the more need for uh, vitamin D uh, is, is really common as we age, it's particularly in men and it's called um, less yeah. testosterone with aging. And then women would be menopause. That's when it really starts where your conversion is quite a bit compromised. Oh my gosh, you're brilliant. Yeah. I did not know that. That is so amazing. Okay. So vitamin D, any of you, okay. I'd stop my vitamin D I, because of the sun, but I feel like, yeah, that's a great. And yes, yeah, so some of those simple basics, I mean, the B12, and the irons and the vitamin Ds, depending on those markers, depending on the season of your life. And so, yeah, we really hope you'll feel empowered from this conversation and the recognition that the fatigue's there. Guys, we're not going to, we're not telling you do these five things and you won't feel tired. Yeah. Like if that's the case, send me an email. Cause like, I want to, I'm going to follow what you're doing because the reality is, as I'll say, you know, every day I say this to myself because, um, you know, it really is a reality is that the stressors are not going, the stressors are still there. The stressors are going to be, um, around us. And it's about how well can our bodies manage that that's adaptation, right? And so if we're supporting ourselves in a reasonable way, the protein, the water with salts, getting outside for some vitamin D, the, 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 the movement, the going to bed at a reasonable time on a, you know, an empty stomach or a high protein, high amino acid um, snack. Those five things physically will help you cope better with the stressors coming at you and will help to minimize the, the fatigue that has been such a huge symptom during this time. Yeah. And just as a final point, I just wanted to add oxygenation. So deep diaphragmic mm. breathing, you and I always talk about box breathing, mm -hmm. but um, I, it is so profound how it can affect um, any kind of anxious feelings or being on edge or that, mm. you know, that flight, those flight symptoms, it is so effective. So mm -hmm. um, I feel like we repeat this all the time, but um, as you may know, viewer or listeners, it's the breathe in over a four count, hold for a four count, breathe out over a four count, hold for a four count mm -hmm. and do that mm -hmm. five times. It is very effective and mm -hmm. very simple to do The the trick is to remember to do it, <laughs> mm -hmm. especially when you're stressed, right? Cause everything yeah. just kind of tightens up and that is really where we can find our empowerment and where we can find some choice and a little bit of wiggle room between the trigger coming at us and our response. And it's a practice, right? If we have that little bit of wiggle room where we remember, oh, I'm going to go get a glass of water. I'm going to um, do my box breath. Oh, I'm going to go for a walk around the block. These things over time will just become habitual and we don't yeah. have to like it's just it just is and the body is functionally and I really feel this is so so important because this is 
kind of, you know, the whole serenity prayer and like, can we, can, the concept of um, being able to surrender, but, you know, still recognize there are pieces that we can support ourselves. And this is it, right? It's like, there's so much right now that we really cannot control. And as much as, I mean, as much as I might organize my spice cabinet every, every three weeks, I'm not controlling the potential thunderstorm coming our way or, you know, the impact that the the um, inflation is going to have on the economy. So it's like we want to be mindful. We want to be aware. We know these stressors are coming at us. Where can we support and what can we do to build that resilience in our bodies? And it's these small things over time. Yeah, small things over time. And so what we're going to do is we'll close it up for here. And I'm super pumped because uh, Annika, our newest registered psychotherapist, is going to be following up with a part two to this. And I'm super keen to find what her perspective is around the mental emotional and how to find some resilience and space in the mental emotional fatigue fatigue that many of us are uh, feeling and, you know, how we can kind of find ways to cope through, through that aspect. Um, you know, given that many of us are really feeling the emotions and decision fatigue and mental fatigue, cognitive fatigue. And so really, you know, having some time with that. Yeah. So important. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Rochelle. And as per usual, love your, love your insights, love your wisdom, and um, we'll be in touch soon for another one. Okay. Okay. Bye. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of In Between Visits, and I want to take a moment to mention Cardish Health Food Center. They're a locally owned and operated health food store in Ottawa with seven locations in the city. They've got this dedicated staff committed to helping you find the right products you're looking for, whether it's supplements or groceries. They've got essential oils and all kinds of beauty supplies, really anything that you need to help you on your healing journey. They've been absolutely instrumental in my mission to ensure that you are able to optimize your health and live your best life. If you're looking for more information about them, you can find them online, you can follow them, cardish.com, and I know they're going to be happy to help.